Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches, and these are honest conversations by SLPs for SLPs. I'm Sarah, pediatric SLP of 10 years. I'm passionate about mentoring SLPs and talking about anything workplace related, specifically topics on emotional and mental health in the workplace. And speaking of mentoring, I used to think I was mentoring my friend, Sari, but it turns out she's mentoring me. So we started a podcast. That's right. And I'm Sari, a clinical fellow just figuring things out in my first year as a speech language pathologist. If this is your first year too, hang in there. I hope you can relate to some of my stories and experiences and learn some strategies that will help you out. This is our second podcast. When we did the first one, we had no idea how it would go or what we'd say. And what we found out is we have plenty to say after all. Yes, we do. And Sari, I'm so thankful that when I asked you to be a part of this podcast, I got a resounding yes to that (laughs) because this podcast has been so much fun. Well, I couldn't say no. (laughs) When you first proposed this idea to me, it was really an aha moment, acknowledging that this stuff isn't really talked about in our career, and we don't get to hear about the hard days and how to handle them. I really felt like this was a great idea, the podcast, to create a fun yet realistic medium to open up those conversations to help support our fellow SLPs out there in the field. And I did want to add, we both said a resounding yes to being SLPs in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, Sari, what are a few of your favorite things about being an SLP, and what keeps you in the profession? Okay, well, for me, it's, it's the clients, my students. I love helping people access communication, and therefore the world around them. For my first year as a speech therapist, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of individuals with complex communication needs who are, you know, a lot of nonverbal students who I get to have that feeling with, like a mom does, when their kid says their word for the first time, when I have a student make a request consistently for the first time using a picture. And it's so exciting. I've loved it. Mm -hmm. I love those first words. Yeah. For me, it's progress and relationships. Mm -hmm. I love seeing progress with my students. And, you know, what SLPs do works. Speech therapy works. And that's a beautiful thing. And also, I just think of my students' faces or the families I've worked with uh, where I feel like I've really made a difference. And that feels good. You're here. So we've shared our happy thoughts. Now let's get down to the dirt. (laughs) This is our second episode. Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour, the sequel. (laughs) Today on the podcast, we're checking in about last week's self-care challenge. We'll also ask you to try out the lazy lesson. Also, Sari discusses what it's like to ask for help as a CF and some tips for asking for help at work. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so the last episode, Sari and I talked about things we do for self-care, so guilty pleasures in a way. And if you're curious and want to hear more, give episode one a listen. We wanted to check back on that conversation and discuss some updates. We also talked about our guilty pleasures, our de-stressors, and everyone found out that Sarah reads books for teens and enjoys 90s TV shows. Yes, I do. And you also found out that I am an awesome video gamer and exercise freak. Yes, and my 90s TV show game is still going strong. We really shared these because we want you to practice non-judgment with your self-care. Don't judge us. Yes. Don't judge us. We won't judge (laughs) you, right? Uh, Figure out what's fun for you and just fly your nerd flag high. And we're embracing ours over here. And my nerd flag has Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman (laughs) and Sully on it. So, you know what? Who cares? I'll do me. You do you. (laughs) Own it. To, uh, To continue this list and do a sort of get to know these SLPs, Here's another guilty slash random fact about me. I am a big quiz taker. Pretty much every time a personality quiz or other quiz pops up on Facebook, I do it because, yes, I want to know who I'm most like in Game of Thrones and what my mental age comes out to be. 65, for those of you who are wondering. Oh, Sari, have you done that uh, Harry Potter one, the one that tells you which Harry Potter character you are, which is second only to the Gilmore Girls quiz? Oh, I have not done the Gilmore Girls one, but I'm uh, Cedric Diggory, but he dies, so I'm not sure how I feel about it. Oh, and Harry Potter, yeah. I think for Gilmore Girls, you would be Suki. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd totally be down with Suki. I love her. Actually, I'd probably try to rig it just so I'd get Suki. Yeah, Suki is the best. I think I would be Lorelai on a Gilmore Girls quiz, but 10 years ago I would have been Rory for sure. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. I agree. You know, (laughs) we could probably talk about Gilmore Girls for hours, Uh, but we've got lots of topics to talk about today, so let's uh, go ahead and start with our self-care challenge. Should we begin? Let's do it. Our next segment is called From the Speech Room Of... As SLPs, we sometimes shut the speech room door to hunker down and work, and it's so nice to hear from other SLPs about their work and their work life and to learn what we can from them. So today, Sari's talking about asking for help as a new SLP and the challenges of asking for help Mm -hmm. and resources. Sari, I've been there, and it's definitely not easy, Um, and it's not something I always do well. Yeah, truth be told, I'm not the type of person who keeps, who has an easy time asking for help. I I am the type of person who keeps going and going and going, not really realizing that I need help until it's too late. And this is something I'm working on. Yeah, me too, 100%. I've just always been the type of person who shoulders everything and trudges on because I know I'll do a good job, but I've become something of a yes man. And I'm learning that in this job, oftentimes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If your supervisors don't know that you need help, they'll just assume that everything is going fine. And that's been really hard for me to adjust to. I know asking for help is hard for lots of SLPs and not just you, myself included. Why do you think it's so hard for us? I I really think the answer to that is a lot of reasons. I think part of this is my personality, 
And asking for help at times to me feels like saying something is wrong. And in my first year, that makes me feel vulnerable. Like I'm somehow not a good employee or not doing my job well. And I also think that part of it is that others in school districts are so busy themselves, asking them for help seems like adding on to their own burdens. Yeah, we all as SLPs feel like at some point that it's our fault that right. if we aren't doing what we need to do or want to do. Right. I, I've had a hard time not personalizing that fact. And the fact that I need help, like it makes me somehow less of a person or SLP, which obviously isn't true. I mean, I'm making a podcast. I must be an awesome first year SLP, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think are the unique challenges of asking for help for people like you who are CFs or who are SLPs just starting out? Um, I remember... Being in that spot, there were times I was so overwhelmed that I honestly didn't know what to ask for, or I wanted to ask for a million things and I didn't know which ones I'd be more likely to get and therefore should ask for. Right. I I think that vulnerability is part of it. Feeling like you're not a good SLP plays a role. I think not knowing what to ask for and who to ask is part of it. But the biggest piece may be isolation. At times I just feel so alone and like no one around me understands what I'm going through. Like there's not anyone to check in with. Yeah, I think that feeling of isolation is something we've all experienced. It's real for sure. I'd I'd also have to note that I think CFSLPs are still transitioning from having that supervisor there constantly giving us guidance whether we want it or not, uh, to being on our own. And sometimes during the CF year, we have very minimal contact with our CF supervisor, and that can be a shock. I really enjoyed my CF mentor during that CF year, but I remember clearly wishing that there was more support. Mm -hmm. The requirements are fairly minimal for, you know, supervising a CF and I almost wished there was a professional support group with, you know, other CFs and um, lots of mentors, something that I could join. So I did get mentoring, but I wanted more. Right. So for your work situation, if you could wave your magic wand and ask for and get anything in your current setting, what would that be? Oh, man. I Time. I, I just never seem to have enough time. I probably shouldn't admit to this on a public podcast, but I stay late almost every week trying to make prep materials, catch up on paperwork, so I'm ready to go, and I feel like I have to stay late because I don't have any other time to do it. I do too, and we've talked, especially lately, that we both stay late to prep for the next day, but do we need to? Sometimes, and but we do it, I think, for the stress relief and to feel like we're on top of it. And that's especially important when everything is busy and mm-hmm. chaotic, knowing that you're starting your day with a tidy desk and maybe your first lesson is even set out just feels really good. Yes, yeah. I have some friends who are also in their first year as a SLP and they are able to leave as soon as the bell rings. And I'm glad they can do that. 
I feel like I do need to stay because it's actually less stressful for me to feel prepared than to worry about, to feel prepared and caught up than to worry about having enough time to catch up and be prepared on time the next week. Yeah. And I think I'm like that too. And I think people who want to listen to this podcast will probably be in that (laughs) camp too, or else they wouldn't listen to us. Right. Um, so as SLPs, how can we be better at asking for help? What can we do to identify first what it is we need and then to follow up and ask for it? Well, so when we talked about this segment, I I tried to kind of think of um, something that would help with the day-to-day. And I'm still figuring this out, but I wrote down that there's three different people that you kind of want to identify in your workplace just to help you get through those day-to-day things. And the first one I called the oracle. This is the person who knows all and can always point you in the right direction via straight-up directions or obscure riddles. (laughs) And uh, for school SLPs, this is most often the office manager. Um, But this could also be another SLP, a longtime nurse or assistant. And this is the person you want to get to know and you want to be friendly with. The second person, the second role I put down is hoarder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is the person who can get you things. You're red from Shawshank Redemption. The person with that secret stockpile of supplies you can go to whenever you need that emergency set of crayons, scissors, or cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the... For me, that's the person with the glue gun or the art supplies or the cool sensory bins. And it's important to be really nice to them. Yes, yes. And finally, your friend. This is the person that you're comfortable opening up to about your difficult tasks. And this may be the most important person that you work with. This person will help lighten the load just by listening and be sure to return the favor to them when they need it too. And someone who listens without judgment or making you feel bad, I texted an SLP friend lately and told her that I was buried under a paperwork mountain and I had to cancel groups. And I felt so guilty about it, but ultimately it was my only option. And she just texted back, I've done it too. It's okay. And honestly, she couldn't have sent a better response. You want someone who really feels it with you. That's so true. But this person doesn't have to be an SLP. Mm -hmm. But it is nice, you're right, to have that SLP friend who can directly relate to your experiences. Mm -hmm. And speaking of SLP friends, (laughs) there is no one better than an SLP friend to share your (laughs) speech therapy fails with. So, Sari, I've shared with you about how terribly my craft experience went last week. Uh, Should I share it with the listeners? Yes, absolutely. They'll love it. Please share it. Okay. Um, This segment is a new one for us, and it's called Lessons Gone Wrong. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And here on the podcast, we're committed to telling the truth, even if it makes us, as a result, not look so good. I've been most excited this week about our crappy lesson segment. I hope these terrible lessons that we share will be a learning experience for all our listeners of what not to do. Just kidding. These are completely inevitable. And I think it's time that SLPs face up to having bad lessons. We all do it. 
Mm-hmm. We all do it. Yeah. All right. So today we'll take you behind the scenes of a real life lesson that didn't go according to plan, how we forgave ourselves and moved on and what we learned from it. Mm-hmm. So I drew the short straw. So I'll share mine this podcast episode. But Sarah, I'm going to challenge you in another episode to share a lesson gone wrong too. Deal. Okay. So today I'm talking crafts. <laughs> they look so good on Pinterest. They look so good on Instagram. <laughs> Other SLPs are doing crafts, right? Uh-huh. And it's easy for them, right? And their students love those crafts, right? So this month I decided I was going to try for a craft. And I don't usually because honestly, just time constraints. So I investigated easy crafts on Pinterest. I went to the store to buy all the stuff, which ended up being two stores. <laughs> so errands on errands. I don't like errands. <laughs> In our next podcast, we should play a game where we guess the two stores you went to buy your supplies. I'm going to guess Michael's and the dollar store. I don't even know what craft you're doing yet. Am I right? You're right on the dollar store. And I got crafting supplies plus lots of other things I probably didn't need. And the other was not Michael's, but someplace I could also buy shampoo. Okay. And there's a dollar spot right next to the front where SLPs love to buy tons of stuff. (laughs) So second guest. Target. Yeah, it was Target. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the dollar spot sucks you in. So Yes, it does. All right, so then I spent Sunday night prepping the craft, and it was a lot more time-consuming than I expected. And then when it was done, I looked at my craft, and it looked like maybe an eighteen-month-old had glued everything he had found lying on the floor in his house to a paper plate, and then sat on it. And I actually sent pictures to some SLP friends to see what they thought. And I just had imposter syndrome about this silly craft, and I had it bad. I think you're being too hard on yourself. I actually loved it. I thought it was cute. Okay. So <laughs> once it was time to actually do the craft with my students, let's just say the reviews were mixed. Some students loved doing it. Some students asked not to do it. And by the end of the day, my speech room was filled with paper scraps and pieces of tissue paper and glitter (laughs) coated every single surface. And I still have glitter ground into my carpet and I can't get it out. Okay. Did you use glitter or glitter glue? Because both are a mistake. Glitter has been called the herpes of craft supplies. (laughs) And glitter glue, no matter how hard you try, the kids always seem to squeeze out way too much, and it never dries. Ah, yeah. I I should know better about glitter, but it's a lesson that I just have to keep learning over and over again, apparently. (laughs) So um, after that experience, I've dubbed myself the crafting Grinch, and I, I think I'm just done with crafts, and I'm okay with that. So I'm laying down my crafting crown and retiring my crafting scepter, and I'm passing crafting off to SLPs out there who like to craft and can, like my idol Tim Gunn says, just make it work. Well, I liked your craft. Just take out the glitter and you'll be fine next time. (laughs) Yeah. I think what I learned through this experience is I'm just not a crafter and I, I can decide to not craft and still be a good SLP. So there is a lesson in there, right? So I'm learning to stop making these high expectations of what I can do in an SLP session and to really ask myself, what's fun for me? What's fun for my students? And effort does not equal better sometimes. Mm. And honestly, the simplest pleasures are the sweetest. The simplest lessons can be the most effective. So this leads in with our next segment where Mm. we share a self-care challenge or takeaway 
And it's something that we as working SLPs are trying out and want you to try to, to make your work life easier. Up this week is the lazy lesson. In the last podcast, we alluded to the lazy lesson without really digging in. So this week we're putting it in the spotlight um, to talk about the lazy lesson. What is it and why do you need it in your life? So what is it? Well, these are the default lessons, the quick go-tos, the lessons you can just pull out of your cupboard and use any day, any time. It's the no-brainer lesson that you don't need to prep for and you can do without thinking. We all need these lessons to go to when times get tough and you always need an easy fallback on hand. When I started out as an SLP, I admit to seeing the kinds of lessons that more experienced SLPs were running and thinking that they were really boring. (laughs) So uh, now I know better. And those ladies just knew what was up, honestly. (laughs) So instead of spending hours finding new and interesting lessons, they had tried and true lessons that they whipped out with minimal effort. So here's the thing. Working on goals is working on goals. Mm. Yes, we want student engagement, but there's lots of ways to do that. And we can absolutely do that without a Pinterest-worthy lessons. Some of my best lessons lately have been printing out a worksheet and using chipper chat or asking an older child with autism, how are things going? And realizing that I needed to address social situation right in that moment. Mm. And I don't think putting more effort or time or money into a lesson makes it better. I think that having strong clinical skills, taking good data, knowing your targeted objectives, those things make for a good session. And then work towards en- engagement for that student, and you've got it made. Okay, yeah. Uh, my uh, my own lazy lessons are similar. I like those quick token lessons and a good book to pull out when I'm working with kids. But when I was at the hospital for my hospital externship, it was the WALK workbooks. Mm-hmm. I've used those too. <laughs> so... Our self-care challenge this week is to try the lazy lesson. What's something that you've done in the past that requires minimal prep and and really worked? So do that. It's honestly as simple as that. You may have a unifying theme or book you use for your caseload, or you may have a conversation topic or Mm -hmm. social skill that you use throughout the day and modify for your clients during that day. And you know your caseload, so you know what your lazy lesson would be. So do it, and do it this week. All right, our next segment is going to focus on accepting our vulnerability. So, you know what, I love that as SLPs we're a positive group, but I'm seeing things in social media and conversations with some SLPs That makes me sad. So we share beautiful photographs of complicated crafts and we don't show the messy floor where the mess of the crafts is waiting to be cleaned or our own stress level in creating those crafts, right? And we share cute anecdotes, but when we've had a really tough day, we sometimes don't tell anyone for fear of being perceived as negative. That's true. It's hard to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I've read a lot of author Brene Brown lately, and I do love this quote. She says, courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. So I'll say it one more time because it's good. (laughs) Courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. 
I, I love that. I, I, I just want to interject here real quick. It just, you know, letting people be, be seen when I hear this, but I think being seen for who you really are and we're human. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, we need to start talking about the hard stuff. So that means to the future SLP students who ask you if this is a good career path. This means telling the truth to your graduate student intern, whatever that truth is. It means telling the truth to your mother or your mother-in-law. Oh, that could be dangerous. And telling, yes, <laughs> or telling the truth to your partner about your job. And it's okay to be vulnerable and it's essential to be truthful. And I'm saying this, you know, for your benefit, but also for mine. I'm never really sure how to approach these conversations without being perceived as negative. And I think that's why a lot of SLPs don't have these conversations. Mm. But ultimately, we need to tell the truth. And if we don't, holding it in manifests as all sorts of physical and emotional challenges. So the people we love, love us. And we need to trust them with that by showing up as ourselves. Mm. And it's ultimately our only choice. So I'm saying this for you to hear. I'm saying this for Sari to hear. And I'm saying this for me to hear and to follow. I like that. A little earlier today, I was actually telling Sarah, I was telling her about um, how I used to have a mentor teacher who was also a member of the Celeste tribe. And he made the most beautiful beadwork and taught his students how to do it in his class. And he also taught them to always add in a mistake, mm-hmm. a, a bead that was the wrong color or in the wrong place, just to remind ourselves that we're human and imperfect. And I actually know a lot of quilters who do the same thing. They'll add in a patch that's a different color or, um, you know, just a little little bit different and it stands out. And I think being imperfect and accepting our vulnerability means also accepting that we're human. And with that, that's the end of this happy hour podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you're a new SLP or an SLP did be, we hope this episode gave you a good snapshot of what it's really like to be an SLP. If you're a seasoned SLP veteran, we hope this podcast was helpful and that you feel more connected and empowered by listening today. Let's figure this out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we can become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. Let's navigate through the thorny issues together. As we do, remember you already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. You already care as much as you need to care to be an awesome SLP. This has been the second episode of SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Next podcast saying no and SLP lesson fails and making a like list will be our hot topics. We hope you also choose to accept our self-care challenge from our second episode and to try out the lazy lesson. If you like the show today, you can support us in two ways. First, leave us a rating and review, especially on iTunes. And second, if you know an SLP who might benefit from these conversations, let them know about the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Until next time.
Sherry, or sorry, Sari. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Blooper reel number two. <laughs> okay. Uh, should Let's start the segment okay. over again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> this advice is hilarious. <laughs> You're gonna have to edit this so much. Should, here, I'm gonna pause it. I I sh- shouldn't oh. say. <laughs> Let's start all over. Okay, this is ours. <laughs> no, stop behind me. Okay, stop behind me. This is our second podcast. When we did the first one, we had no idea how it would go or what we'd say. And what we found out is we've got plenty to say after all. Yes, we do. And Sari, I'm so thankful that when I... (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. it. (laughs) You got this. You got this. Okay. I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Think of England. (sighs) This is our second podcast.